Why is it that the people who believe their suggestions are the best often give the worst advice? And more importantly, why is it that we believe them every time? Oh, is it because maybe we feel like we don't know what we're doing when we're building a business? And if someone else says it in a firm tone or with gusto, we think that they do. So we convince ourselves that they must know better. And then we do the thing and it doesn't work as well as they said it would or we thought it would. And so we think it's us, it's not them. And it makes us feel worse, like we don't know what we're doing. So we actually go back to those people and ask them for more help, thinking that they still know better. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I wanna to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, we're gonna walk back the years to that time I attended a big, fancy expo to grow my not-so-big, not-very-fancy business and why it was a big, fancy mistake. Back in the early 2000s, I'd launched a jewelry company that sold the original tracking device for babies. I called them Bumble Bells. I established the Bumble brand. And I decided to sell only four different designs of sterling silver anklets for babies in stores across America. Well, that was the goal. Picture this. I'd succumbed to peer pressure after meeting with several store owners who'd all directed me to the ABC Kids Expo in Las Vegas. It was the most incredible place to launch your business, they said. It would help you make your mark on the map of baby products in the country, they said. I took them at their word and decided that it was the event of a lifetime. I could not miss it. Sure. I had a brand new business and not much knowledge of what to do, let alone how to sell at a trade show. Sure, I was brand new to parenting, but could figure out how to lug my newborn with me to the event, right? It'd be easy. When I saw the prices of a booth at this Nevada, 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 grand experience, I realized I only needed half a booth. I purchased piles of knickknacks for my two by three inches of space, including styrofoam feet that shoe stores usually use to display socks. I painted the toenails. I slipped on my bumble bells so that attendees could see how gorgeous the product was. I bought every toy known to womankind for the plane ride over so that my baby wouldn't make a peep. I bought plane tickets, rented a hotel room, and was confident that if I had spent this much money, there was no way I wasn't going to be on the cover of Forbes magazine by next year. Turns out I did end up getting the product into People magazine by the next year, but that's what episode 16 was all about. I know you're not supposed to, but can we take a second to talk about stress? The amount of cortisol coursing through my veins throughout this multi-week prep process was out of this world. In all of my prepping, I never stopped to acknowledge that I had no idea what I was doing. Never mind that, I had no idea what the strategy or process would be after the expo ended. I just knew that if I made it to the show, the rest would fall into place. Do we really need a spoiler alert here about how it didn't? So back to the trip. We flew out of Chicago and by the time we landed in Las Vegas, my firstborn and I started to come down with her first cold. 
Fortunately, I'd roped her grandparents into joining me and hanging out with her in the hotel room, so that was one less thing to worry about. Right? It wasn't. The day of the show, I felt ill and ill-prepared, but relieved that I'd gotten there in one piece, and so did most of my styrofoam feet. I sat up, sat down, and waited. The lady who shared the other half of my booth with me had a sales pitch down, was on her feet pitching her product the whole time, and as folks would walk over to her, they'd hear her spiel and they'd walk slowly away from the booth, side-glancing at my weird display of infant footwear, something no one else was selling, and they'd keep walking. At halftime, it felt so competitive in that room, there's no other way to say it. The woman who was selling very cute outfits across the hall from me meandered over to my area. She put her hand on the table, leaned into me, and asked, So why are you selling these for $50? I shrugged and told her that that's what it cost. Did she want to buy some? She was quick to correct me. She was a seller, not a buyer. And she had some unsolicited advice, lols. And did I want to hear it? Never mind, she'd tell me anyway. But first, how much did my anklets cost to get? I told her they were imported at about a fifth of the price of what I was selling for. She nearly screamed. Her mouth dropped open. And then she got angry. How could you do this to people? She asked me. How could you possibly think that you'd sell quantity if you hiked up the price like that? Her advice? Bring the price down to twice as much. Not five times as much. You'll sell so many more that way. But the product isn't low-end, I explained. I wanted people to perceive it as a high-end product. I didn't want to advertise how much I spent on the anklets to import them when I was selling. And here's the important part. I didn't want to sell a billion of them and have them ending up a Walmart product. I wanted to sell just enough. Well, that was the end of our relationship. Just enough? She'd had it with me, she said. If I didn't get it, I was going to be out of business in a month. A month! She stormed away as if I didn't have enough panic going on, and I began to sweat and my heart began to palpitate too. I was a brand new business owner. I didn't know many people in the product business or the baby industry or a single person at that expo. There was no one to tell me that this woman was aggressive or crazy or just competitive and trying to sabotage my cute little situation. Because she had a giant booth that looked super pro, Because she told me that she'd attended this show for five years in a row. And because, what else was I supposed to do? I trusted her. And I was grateful that she'd spent any time at all giving me advice. The wind was entirely knocked out of my sails. I stopped pitching. Maybe 30 minutes later, I packed up my booth and I left. I'd had about 10 to 20 inquiries that day, I think. I don't really remember. Nor do I remember this helpful woman's name or her company. But after that big day at that big show, feeling like a big fail, I returned to my hotel room to tend to a sick baby. I was beyond exhausted and I had to fake it to my in-laws that we were going to be a raging success. By the time I got back to Chicago, I wanted to curl up in a ball and never look at a single product again because it was clear and confirmed for me. I had no idea what I was doing.
except for some inexplicable reason, I kept going. I never changed the price. Something in me hung on to the understanding that I wasn't in it to sell for the sake of selling. I wanted a quality product, and pricing was important to see that through. I not only stayed in business for another two years, expanding to 40 stores and growing online sales, but the boost we got when Gwen Stefani put our bumble bells on her baby's ankles and it was caught by the paparazzi? I was doing just fine, thank you very much. I wanted to share this with you because there are way too many instances where women spend their time contracting imposter syndrome, particularly when they launch a new business, but they maintain it for years and years as they're growing and growing it. We get valuable advice. We get invaluable advice. And we also get a lot of worthless advice that's hard to parse out from the valuable stuff. You can't know everything, and when other people tell you advice with confidence, you believe that they do. Do yourself a favor and check in with other people when you get advice that gives you pause. Do a gut check. Then find a fellow entrepreneur any which way so you're not stuck in it by yourself. Oh, how I wish someone around me back then was there to tell me to do the same. It would have saved me flight and hotel fees, booth struggles, and about 12 styrofoam feet. You don't call. You don't write. Why not do both? Text me by typing hashtag podcast to 312-847-2353 or go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast. You can record a message there so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and please leave a review. It helps other listeners discover these entrepreneurial stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Lindsay, Aaron, and the Las Vegas lady with the big fancy booth. If you ever bump into her anywhere, please play her this episode. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.